It's time for Mary Farfisa's Outer Space Radio Theater. What song does a star sing when it's all by itself? What sound does a comet make when it's flying around? And did you know that the sun enjoys playing the drums? And did you know that the moon has a favorite tune? Well, you might think that outer space astronomy well, I roam through galaxies looking for sounds that interest me there's too many to mention if I just pay attention songs and sounds music and noise Be as much fun as a box full of toys. Songs and sounds, music and noise. I'll catch them all with my lasso and bring them to you. I'm Mary Farfisa. Today's episode, Overdue. Thanks for lending me those books last week, Briscoe. They're all good, but this one is the best. Oh yes, the Interstellar Compendium of Slightly Annoying Sounds. That book was my favorite too, and I was just a cult. It's the one that got me interested in hearing all the sounds of the universe. And all you have to do is touch the pictures in the book to hear the sounds. That's right. Which sounds were your favorites? Gosh, it's hard to say. There's so many pages and so many slightly annoying sounds, but I liked this one. Hey, psst, hey, psst, hey, psst. Ah, yes, the attention-seeking squirrels of Squawkabunga. And this one on page 53 is good, too. Back off, back off. The unfriendly sheep of Snufflegaroo. Do you recognize this one on page 203? Move over, move over. Of course, the confrontational cows of Catabarang. Right, you really do know this book. What were your favorites? Go to page, I believe it was page 1077. Try that. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? A child from the planet Flusterblup during a long trip. I used to tap the picture on that page over and over. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And it's amazing how quickly that sound goes from slightly annoying to extremely annoying. Are we there yet? I drove my parents crazy with the interstellar compendium of slightly annoying sounds. It's a really cool book, but Briscoe, what do these two L's on the back cover stand for? Why, the Listener's Library, of course. The Listener's Library? That 
that's where you got the book? Yes. I used to check sounds out from the listener's library all the time when I was young. So, you borrowed this book from the listener's library? Yes. When you were just a cult? Yes, Mary. I checked it out from the listener's library when I was just a cult. I... Oh, no. I checked it out from the listener's library when I was just a cult. Briscoe, this book is way, way, way overdue. Way, 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 way overdue. Briscoe, you've had this book for like a hundred years. I'm not that old, Mary, but, but this is bad. You've had the interstellar compendium of slightly annoying sounds all this time, and you never returned it? I didn't know I still had it until I found it in my saddlebag last week. I'd forgotten all about it. I didn't know it was overdue. How can that be? The listener's library must have sent you tons of nasty notes about bringing it back. Didn't you get any of them? I get a letter from the listener's library every week. So why didn't you bring the book back? I never opened them. You got a letter from the listener's library every week and you didn't open any of them? Why not? Uh, I thought they were letters of gratitude. You know, for all the sounds that you and I have donated to their collection. So, you didn't open them? Of course not. I'm much too modest to read all those expressions of gratitude. But they weren't expressions of gratitude, Briscoe. They just wanted the interstellar compendium of slightly annoying sounds back. I know, I know. I realize that now. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, Frisco, not returning something you've borrowed from the library is a very bad thing to do, even if you didn't mean to do it. I even wrote a song about that once. Would you like to hear it? No. Well, you need to hear it. Listen. I went to the library. There was something I needed to know. I looked in the library catalog It told me exactly where to go It directed me To floor 3, section D, I'll see But when I got to my destination Much to my aggravation There was a void There was a lack Cause someone checked my book out And they didn't bring it back There was a vacancy, there was a space My book should have been there But nothing was in its place There was a vacuum, a minus, an empty spot My book could have been there But boy it was I wondered who could have been so rude or lazy Or had the sheer audacity They took a book from floor 3, section D I'll see, but worst of all They took a book that was needed by me And they didn't bring it back Overdue, overdue, overdue. 
It's a very nice song, Mary. I feel appropriately guilty now. Well, you'll just have to return the book, that's all. The overdue fee is probably a gazillion dopplers, but if you say you're sorry, I bet they'll only want half. Mary, I don't think it's going to be that easy. What do you mean? Why not? Let me see the book. We need to check the date that I borrowed it from the listener's library. If it's over 23 years, 7 months, and 43 days, I'm in a lot more trouble than you think. What do you mean? And why is it different if you've had the book for more than 23 years, 7 months, and 43 days? Because after 23 years, 7 months, and 43 days, the listeners stop sending nasty notes. Once 23 years, 7 months, and 43 days have passed, things get real serious, fast. What happens? After 23 years, 7 months, and 43 days, they unleash the Crone Brigine. The Crone Brigine? What's that? It's not a that, Mary. It's a them. The Crone Brigine are five ancient robot knights. They need no sleep, no food. They exist for one thing only, to track down library members whose sounds are overdue. They ride robot sharks, and when they find you, they take your library card and feed it to them. They sound scary. The Kronbergine are extremely scary. Even now, people only speak of them in whispers, and once released, they will scour every inch of space, search every planet and moon, overturn every speck of stardust, until they find their prey. They're like the Nazgul, Mary. Who? Well, there's another book I have to loan you. But let's not panic yet. Let's run the numbers. I borrowed the book on this day, and now it's this day. Now let me run that through the calculator in my horseshoe. Calculator, am I over the 23-year, 7-months, and 43-day limit? Yes, by 12 hours and 6 seconds. Oh, no! And Mary's right about the gazillion dabblers. No, no, no! This is the worst thing ever, Mary! Aw, cheer up, Frisco. Even if the Kronbergine do take away your library card, I'll still have mine. If you want to borrow something from the library, I'll just borrow it for you. Well, that's nice of you, Mary, but the Kronbergine do much more than destroy your library card. What do they do? They mark you with the Crimson O. The Crimson O? Yes, a glowing red O that floats over your head for the rest of your life. It signals to everyone in the universe that you borrowed a sound and didn't return it. A mark of shame, Mary. I'll be shunned. People will turn their backs on me. No one will want me to restore sounds for them if I've been marked with the Crimson O. Even you may not want to be seen with me if I've been marked with the Crimson O. Hmm, probably not. But I guess we could stay in touch a little bit. Maybe a postcard now and then. Mary. I'm just kidding, Briscoe. We'll still be friends. Nothing will change. But still, I can't go through life with the Crimson O above my head. Then we'll just have to find a way that it doesn't happen. Right. Mary, we've donated a lot of sounds to the listener's library lately, haven't we? Yes, we have. On Bill alone, we captured the sounds of a prehistoric Frouchpin. Wow. 
the throaty growl of a bundersmuppy, and the lilting melody of an ancient Bazorbabillion song. You're right, we did! And didn't we donate all those sounds to the listener's library? We sure did! So why don't we call the chief listener? He's the director of the listener's library. Can't he pull a few strings and get me out of this mess? We can ask. I'll call him on my helmet radio. Chief listener, this is Mary Farfisa. Mary Farfisa! How are you, child? I'm fine, chief listener, but Briscoe has a problem. Briscoe has a goblin? Why would Briscoe want a goblin? Not a goblin, chief listener, a problem. A goblin with a problem? What's the goblin's problem? It's not a goblin's problem, it's Briscoe's. You tell that space horse not to make any problems for a goblin. If you make a goblin mad, you'll be sorry. I'll tell Briscoe not to bother the goblin. I'm doomed. Chief listener, do you know about the Kronbergine? The Kronbergine? I haven't heard anyone mention them for a while. <laughs> they were terrifying. So terrifying, in fact, they haven't been activated in thousands of years. But they're real? They're very real, Mary. They'll feed your library card to the sharks and mark you with the crimson O. But Chief Listener, what if someone just forgot they had the book? Well, of course, Mary, people do forget sometimes. That's why we send out hundreds or even thousands of nasty notes, so the Chrome Brigine will never have to hunt anyone down. Hmm. Yes, but... I mean, who, who could get 23 years of nasty notes and not realize they had an item that was overdue? But, Chief Listener, the one with the overdue book is Briscoe. He had a book out for longer than 23 years, 7 months, and 43 days. We can't just let the Crone Regine take his library card away and mark him with the Crimson O. Oh, that space horse of yours. First goblins and now this. I sympathize, Mary, but you know, overdue items isn't really my department. You need to speak to the chief librarian. The chief librarian? Why, yes, the chief librarian is in charge of overdue items. Oh, excuse me, Mary, I have another call. Well, what do you know? It's the Chief Librarian. Chief Librarian, we were just talking about you. I know. I just heard my name mentioned. We certainly did mention your name, Chief Librarian. I'm talking with Mary Farfisa and Briscoe the Space Horse about how the listener's library handles overdue items. Oh, I see. Did someone get a nasty note? Uh, 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 hundreds of them. Well, no need to worry. We can even send a hundred more. When an item's overdue, we never run out of nasty things to say. Um, excuse me, Chief Librarian, but where are you calling from? Well, I'm at the listener's library, of course, on the planet Timpani. That's 3,007 galaxies away. And you heard us mention your name? Of course, I could hardly help hearing it. You're all speaking so loudly. 
we weren't speaking loudly. Heavens no, Chief Librarian. Mary and Briscoe both have the worst habit of mumbling. It's a wonder that anyone outside of myself can ever hear what they're saying. But Mary, you shouldn't be surprised that the Chief Librarian heard us. She's one of the few beings in the universe whose hearing rivals my own. Chief Librarian, Briscoe borrowed a book of sounds from the library and forgot to bring it back. And now we think the Crone Brigine are going to come for him. Mary, don't tell her it was me. Oh, I already assumed it was you, Briscoe. I distinctly hear beads of perspiration running down the mane of a space horse. That's impressive. That's scary. Not as scary as having the Crone Brigine on your tail. No pun intended. <laughs> Briscoe, didn't you get nasty notes? He did, but he didn't open them. He didn't realize they were nasty notes. Well, what did he think they were? Letters of gratitude? <laughs> Is it too late to stop the Chrome Brigine from activating, Chief Librarian? Most certainly. I heard strange sounds the other night coming from the lowest levels of the library. Sounds I'd never heard before in my life. I heard the buzzing of shrewd and unstoppable robot brains inside glowing crimson helmets. I heard the gnashing of the pointed, rotating teeth of robot sharks as their grim riders steered them off into the cosmos. The Crone Brigine. Can't you do something, Chief Librarian? Can't you call them off? Call them off? There's no way to call off the Crone Brigine. Oh, there's no hope for me. The sharks will eat my library card, and the Crone Brigine will mark me with the Crimson O. I'm sorry, Briscoe, but don't give up. We'll think of something. Chief Librarian, what if Briscoe managed to return the item before the Crone Brigine kept up with him? Wouldn't it become a matter for the Chief Fine Collector and no longer the concern of the Crone Brigine? It would, but it's extremely unlikely that Briscoe can get the book back to the library before the Crone Brigine find him. Couldn't I send it back by teleportonic delivery? The listener's library does not accept teleportonic book returns during business hours. And the library never closes, so it's always business hours. Then I'll just have to bring it back in person. Chief Librarian, I am going to bring that book back to you. I'll be waiting. And you'd better get started. You've got 3,007 galaxies to cross, and no one has ever escaped from the Chrome regime. Meanwhile, in another part of the universe... We are looking for a space horse named Briscoe, who travels with a girl named Mary Farfisa. Oh, I remember Briscoe. He was on Bazorba Bale not too long ago, but I surely don't know where he is now. We are looking for a space horse named Briscoe, who travels with a girl named Mary Farfisa. Certainly, I know Briscoe, but I'm afraid I can't tell you where he is. I haven't seen him since I returned to Serpentina to look after my little star dragons. 
we are looking for a space horse named Briscoe, who travels with a girl named Mary Farfisa. Briscoe the space horse? Sorry, partners, I can't help you. Not that I would if I could. If your books are overdue, the chrome machine's gonna look for you. Nowhere to hide and nowhere to go. You're gonna wear the crimson O. The crimson O. The crimson O. The crimson O. If you didn't bother to bring it back, the Chrome Machine are going to attack. Chrome Machine. Nowhere to hide, nowhere to go. You're gonna wear the Crimson O. We are looking for a space horse named Briscoe, who travels with a girl named Mary Farfisa. Briscoe the space horse? Yeah, man. I know him. What do you want with him? Are you going to hassle that horse? He has a library book that's overdue. So what? You know, time is relative, man. It's all in the mind. That's why an hour seems long to one cat, but goes by very fast for another cat. Time is flexible, man. So, maybe in Briscoe time, that book's not overdue at all. No, it's overdue. Hey, did you know that time moves forward and backwards? It does. It happens inside crystals, you dig? In the subatomic world. So, if time is flowing forward, Briscoe's book may be overdue. But if time is flowing backwards, he hasn't even checked it out yet. You dig? We don't dig. It's overdue. Squares. again towards the listener's library. I'm right here, Mary. Briscoe, what are you doing underwater? Hiding. I thought I heard robot sharks approaching, so I ducked under the waves. Oh, living life on the run like this is awful. Yes, Mary, but this is what life is like when you're on the lamb. It seems like only yesterday we could travel the universe without hiding, without looking over our shoulders, without fearing what's around every corner. It was only yesterday, Briscoe. Hmm. Anyway, I think I found a way that we can get to the listener's library very quickly. How? I've contacted an old friend, Willie the Worm. We knew each other back in the old days. Willie the Worm? Yes. He operates a wormhole not far from where we are now. He said that we could use the wormhole to get to the listener's library. I've heard about wormholes. 
They're supposed to connect widely separated regions of space-time so space travelers can travel huge distances in a matter of moments. I wasn't sure if they really existed or not. Oh, they exist, if you know who to ask. And you asked Willie the Worm. Yes. Willie's not a bad sort, really. But his clients and his operation are a little shady. Normally, I wouldn't go to Willie the Worm for help. But I'm a fugitive now, a space horse on the run. I won't ask you to follow me any further, Mary. Not if you don't want to. I can go through the wormhole on my own. No way. I'm going with you. Very well. Where do we need to go to travel through the wormhole? We have to meet Willie on an out-of-the-way moon called Orum Daphne. It's nice of Willie the Worm to help us out like this. Oh, he's not doing it for free, Mary. He's not doing it for free. We're just about there, Mary. In a moment or two, we'll meet Willie the Worm, and he'll send us through the wormhole. But this place we're at, it, it looks like an amusement park. It is an amusement park. And over there, where the big light-up sign says, The Wormhole, it looks like an amusement park ride. It is an amusement park ride. And there, in front of the ride, at the ticket counter, is that Willie? He looks like a big worm. That's why they call him Willie the Worm. I thought it was just a nickname. But the Wormhole is just an amusement park ride, Briscoe. It only looks like an amusement park ride, Mary. It's actually a real wormhole, and it can get you anywhere you need to go if you know the right people or the right worm. That's how the shadowy underbelly of the universe works, Mary. Nothing is what it seems. For a shadowy underbelly, the wormhole's got a lot of colored lights. Step right up, step right up. Oh, hey, it's you, Briscoe the Space Horse. Hello, Willie, it's been a long time. Yeah, sure has, but I remember you. Always with your nose in a book or heading to the record store. How you doing, Briscoe? I've been better, Willie. And by the way, I'm not going by the name Briscoe right now until I get matters sorted out. I'm using an assumed name. Ah. Traveling incognito, eh? I get it. What, uh, what should I call you? You can call me Lightning Intergalactico. <laughs> okay, Lightning. And who's the little girl in the space helmet? I'm Mary. Her name is, uh, Fairy Marmisa. Okay, well, don't you worry, Lightning. My wormhole's gonna get you and Fairy Marmisa out of this galaxy pronto. Excellent. That is, uh, if you brought the fee we, uh, agreed upon. Yes, I brought it. I have it right here. All right. Are you sure you wouldn't take something else in exchange for your services, Willie? Uh-uh, no way. A deal's a deal. Well, all right. Desperate times call for desperate measures, I guess. Here it is. A rare vinyl copy of Grubworm Boogie, in mint condition. Boy, oh boy, there it is! You're paying Willie the Worm with a record album? I mean, lightning? This is a beautiful record, Fairy Marmisa. 
Me and Susie slug danced in its record in the fiery feet competition at the dance hall back home long before you was even born. We would have won the fiery feet trophy too, except the judges wouldn't allow it because me and Susie don't have feet. Aww. There's only one other record I want as much as I wanted this one. It was the record that, well, it was our song, Susie and mine. Those were the good old days, good old Susie. What's the name of that record, Willie? The Chattiscoochee Squirm. Boy, that was romantic. That's a very rare recording, Willie. Even I don't have it. I know, Lightning. I just wish I could hear it again. You know, to remind me of Susie. What happened to Susie, Willie? She left me for a rich snail from Uptown a long time ago. I still remember the last time I saw Susie the slug at the dance hall. She was with Snyder the snail, dancing real slow. I'd love to stay and talk about the old days, Willie, but we really have to get going. Mary, I think I heard the sounds of robot sharks. The Kronbergine are closing in. I can feel it. Sure, you, you two get in the car and I'll start the ride. And well, would you look at that? Look at what? Over there. Five guys in red suits of armor working their way through the crowd. Whoa, they look tougher than any of the guys back in the neighborhood. And holy moly, they're riding robot sharks! They're the ones we're trying to get away from, Willie. Whoa, I don't blame you for getting out of town. Hurry up, let's put you through the wormhole. I can put you right on the front steps of the listener's library, Lightning. Don't you worry. You in there? All right, buckle up. Off you go. Enjoy your ride. Thanks for visiting the wormhole. as well as Willie the Worm said it would, but we are on timpani. We're in a desert, surrounded by sand. Yes, and look in the distance. It's the listener's library. Why, we're not far from it at all. Hop on my back, Mary. I can fly us there in no time. Stop! I order of the Crone Bergine. Oh no, it's the Crone Bergine. All five of them, and all five robot sharks. I mean, lightning! They found us! No need for false names anymore, Mary. We're caught. But how did they know? It was Willie the Worm! That double-crosser ratted us out! Mary? Oops! I got carried away with being on the lamb. <laughs> I think you're right about Willie, though. He must have steered them right to us. My guess is, the Crone Bergine had a copy of the Chattiscoochee Squirm. Do not attempt to run! There is no escaping us. What should we do, Briscoe? We're so close to the library. Can you outrun five robot sharks? The time for running, Mary, has passed. You're giving up? Not yet, but it's time I stopped running. You know, space horses are peaceful creatures, but when cornered, we have our options. You're going to fight them? No, Mary, I'm going to dance. There is a dance, Mary, a dance known only to space horses and only used in moments of extreme peril. It is a dance of such mesmerizing complexity that it stuns the onlooker. It confounds and stupefies the brain of an enemy with its grace and artistic depth, enabling the space horsey to run away. 
I didn't know you could dance, Frisco. Mary, I didn't want to remind Willie the Worm of it, but I was the winner of the Fiery Feet dance competition all those years ago. Me and Philomena the Philly. Wow! Now stand back, and don't watch too closely, or you'll become mesmerized too. Frisco, I don't believe it. You really can't dance. What is he doing? The secret self-defense dance of the space horse. It's amazing. That move is incredible, and that move is highly improbable, and that one is impossible. Cover your eyes, Mary. It's time for the big finish. Yes, the dance is complete. What are the Kronbergine doing, Mary? I'm afraid to look. Are they mesmerized? Are they frozen in their tracks? Have their mechanical minds become confused and confounded by the awesome complexity of the dance? N no Uh-oh. Frisco, they're clapping. Oh, well, at least they like to dance. Frisco, the space horse. We are the crone regime. Nice dance. But you borrowed a book from the listener's library. You did not return it. That item is overdue. He knows it's overdue, but he only just found out a little while ago. He didn't mean to keep it. He just forgot he had it. That is no excuse. But he's on his way to the listener's library to return it right now. And he crossed 3,007 galaxies to get here. And the listener's library is right over there. That makes no difference. But... The item is overdue. I know, but can't you let it go this one time? He'll promise to always bring books back on time from now on. Rules are rules. Please don't feed his library card to the robot sharks. He brought it on himself. Well then, take his card if you must. But please don't mark him with the crimson O. He's been a bad horsey. It's all right, Mary. The Kronbergine are right. I've been a bad horsey. Think of all the people who would have enjoyed the interstellar compendium of slightly annoying sounds if I hadn't checked it out all this time. I deserve to wear the Crimson O. I had the book out for 23 years, 7 months, and 43 days, and this is the consequence of my actions. There are no exceptions. There are no exceptions. Except for the one exception. You see, Mary? There are no exceptions. Except for the one exception. Briscoe, wait. One of the robot sharks said something. What did you say, Mr. Robot Shark? He said, except for the one exception. It's hard for the robot sharks to speak clearly. I think it's the rotating teeth. But what one exception is he talking about? While we were looking for Briscoe, we interrogated several friends he's made in outer space. We talked to a scrumblebee on the planet Bazorbabil. The scrumblebee said, Briscoe visited Bazorbabil 
to collect sounds for the listener's library. Then we spoke to a star dragon on Serpentina. She met Briscoe on an asteroid called Triple Pop 7. She said Briscoe helped capture the sounds of a stardust storm that occurred there, sounds which were donated to the listener's library. We spoke to a cat girl from the moon. She said Briscoe helped locate a long-lost musical instrument called the Padidi Whistle, and that he helped capture its sounds for the listener's library. We spoke to a cowgirl who said that Briscoe had worked for years at the Tesla Ranch. His job was reassembling old radio waves to give to the listener's library. In short, we learned that Briscoe's devotion to the listener's library is a devotion worthy of the crone regime. Did you hear that, Mary? It was almost like a letter of gratitude. Yes, Frisco. But, Mr. Crone Brigine, what did the robot shark mean about one exception? The only exception to the overdue items rule is that none of those rules apply to a member of the Crone Brigine. If Briscoe becomes a member of the Crone Brigine, we won't have to take his library card or mark him with the Crimson O. You're asking me to join the Crone Brigine? Yes. In light of your service to the listener's library, we would like you to be a member of the Crone Brigine. No way! Yes, way. You wouldn't have to do very much, Briscoe. After all, this was our first assignment in 3,000 years. I see. And it would be good for us, too. Our most senior member would like to retire soon. In fact, he just retired. So, we have an immediate opening. What can I say? I accept. I'll join the Crone Brigine. Excellent. Potluck on Tuesday. Do I get a suit of armor? Yes, but we'll have to backorder the second set of legs. Do I get a robot shark? No. The robot shark factory shut down thousands of years ago. Can I be a chrome regime too? Sorry. No girls. Boys club. What? Club girls. You're not even boys. You're robots. Let it go, Mary. I'm getting a break here. All right, but it's not fair. Well, Mary, everything turned out all right. Shall we head back home? Aren't you forgetting something, Briscoe? Mm, no, I don't think so. How about returning the compendium of slightly annoying sounds to the listener's library? Oh, that. I guess I was forgetting. Although, as a member of the Crone Brigine... Briscoe! Do I have to sing my song again? No, no, that won't be necessary. See, look, I'm turning toward the library now. I'm heading in the direction of the library as fast as I can go. We hope you enjoyed Overdue. Today's episode of Mary Farfisa's Outer Space Radio Theater, written and produced by Jim Sheff. 
starring Kara Albach as Mary Farfisa, Isaac Andrews as Willie the Worm, Nancy Andrews as the Chief Librarian and Gentilina, Leslie Baker as the Chief Listener, Jim Sheff as Briscoe, Katie King as Screet the Scrumblebee and Blase Cool Cat, Anna Shockey as the Interstellar Compendium of Slightly Annoying Sounds, and April Stalder as Orbit Annie. The Crone Bergine appeared as themselves, as did the Robot Sharks. Mary Farfisa and today's Mary Farfisa's Outer Space Radio Theater Adventure are copyright 2017 by Jim Sheff, all rights reserved.